Hey, do you want to be a DJ? Yes, you. And you. Why? Why I want to be a DJ? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four. Friends, foes, all are welcome. Rate, review, subscribe. That's all you need to do to help me out on this podcast. Get on iTunes, leave a review. A big thank you to everyone who has left a review thus far. Your one review, that two minutes of your time, will go a long way in helping me establish this podcast as a serious contender in the iTunes League. And uh, that's all I'm trying to achieve here, guys. So thank you very much for your support so far. Thank you for sharing the love. And on this episode, random mandem, they're the words for this episode, led by Majestic. I have a member of the random mandem movement on today. And yes, this was pre-recorded. And hell yes, this is probably the deepest, honest, most interesting interview I have done to date. And I thought I'd shower that love over you guys. So without any further ado, this is Mickey Slim and... I hope you enjoy it. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to Vosky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast. With me today is a guest that I'm very, very honoured to have, personal reasons. He is, I hold him solely responsible for getting me into a club called BCM. For those of you that don't know what BCM is, we'll get to that in this show. For those of you that do know that for me, it's a milestone in my music career and my DJ career. And it is f- fucking sweet to have you on, mate. Mickey, what's going on? <laughs> Mickey good, Slim. Man. Yes, Mickey fucking Slim. How's Mick, it going? First of all, I, I know you're busy. I know I know music has really, really the workload has gone nuts for you recently, which is we'll get to that as well. But uh, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out and getting on here with me, man. It means a lot. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Nice, nice. So Mick, we're gonna jump straight in. I, I I've not briefed you about this this chat. You don't know what's coming. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna dive straight in. I I want I want you to tell the listeners what in 2017 on a busy week. What is life like for Mickey Slim? Oh, man, life's changed a lot. You know, I'm 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 not as young as I once was. You know, I'm a full time dad, so I um, the majority of my days are spent raising my son uh, Nico, who is now 19 months old and is an absolute terror. But in between that, obviously running the label that I I've got with my brother Majestic Random Mandem in. Got some sick releases coming up with that. And obviously management. I manage a guy called Mark Spence, who's doing big, big things. He's about to blow up. Dan Hills, who's an absolute G, probably one of the best DJs I've, I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of knowing personally. So, yeah, man, you know, it's each day is a, a battle, a challenge. Time is, as you know, that's the one thing. Do you know what? I've been thinking a lot recently, and that's the one thing, no matter how rich you are, how poor you are, it's the one thing we've all got and you can't buy. Do you know what I mean? So, Isn't that the truth, mate? Use it wisely. Do you know what I mean? That's my thing right now is that, like, you know, I'm just, just yeah, just trying to squeeze everything out of each minute, man. So let's go from the very let's, – let's briefly chat because I want to spend the majority of this conversation talking about BCM and your involvement with BCM. But yeah. I do want to go back in time to before Mickey Slim was Mickey Slim. So – Let's let's go like a day before you got involved in music, right? So first of all, where was the world? This is the question I ask everyone. Where was the world? Where was music? Where was Mickey? What before I got involved in in regards to you talking like I mean the thing is like I've always loved music. I've always been involved in you know like I've you're talking from the age of like maybe twelve. Do you know what I mean? I was going to like my earliest 
like inroads to uh, so think about it i'm 38 years old you know what i mean so like that's a long fucking time ago you know what i mean that was a, <laughs> the set tapes with a ting yeah set tapes. You, know I mean? you I ain't remember. that old mate let's, let's, let's get that straight you ain't that old <laughs> I, I don't look that old i, I, I can easily pass for like just coming on 30 but now nah, i'm listen I, I love it i love i come from a different era i almost uh you know, I don't feel sorry for these kids nowadays, but it was a different time, man. You know, you had to, you had to find music. Now I can be a, I can be a grime fan from my iPhone nowadays. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a different thing. So I guess, I guess where it was for me before it also was I doing? I was at school. You know what I mean? Like I say, it was such a such a long time ago. My best friend at that particular time. His family, uh, Jamaican descent, they had a sound system and they used to do sound clashes every weekend at the local leisure centre. So we used to like carry the bins in. You know, when I say the bins, I mean the speakers. Yeah. For all you- <laughs> not, 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 uh, not dust bins, guys. Not, not the dust bins, <laughs> you know I mean? but, uh, And literally we would like rave out to like heavy, heavy bashment raga reggae roots all different stuff and you know that was an eye-opening experience i think that's honestly that i think that is where i got my love of bass from you know because just because the levels uh of sub bass in them kind of dances are just ridiculous so that's where it all started for me before that man was just kicking a football around or you know going boxing or something really. <laughs> so then when did when did the idea become real that hold on I could, I could be a dj or i could produce music you know, <laughs> you know what it never really to be honest with you it was i always loved music uh i got with a girl when i was about 17 who randomly had decks she wanted to dj hey, hey, was... guys if you're listening we should learn off this man <laughs> <laughs> and, and literally she was shit um so i just said yo give them to you know you might as well put them in my ass and yeah i ended up buying them off her and you know just i mean like even before that i mean i was always into partying but i never seen myself as a dj do you know what i mean it was uh and especially like as a career man it wasn't really a, a viable option especially for me at that time do you know what i mean i didn't i wasn't the greatest at school i got expelled from uh my first senior school uh so yeah i didn't really like grasp you know the whole education thing at that particular time. So it was just like, you know, the whole thing about the Mickey Slim, you know, it wasn't like I sat playing saying, oh, you know what, Fat Boy Slim's a good name. Maybe like, oh, I could just call myself that. You know, it really, really, you know, it's 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 a lot darker re- reason why I uh, why my name is Mickey Slim. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, I used to go clubbing. I used to get involved in uh, certain um you know, recreational. Uh, yeah, well, I think everyone listening knows what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so like literally, you know, there'd always be one guy out your crew that would go and get, you know, the pills or whatever, and and that, you know, used to be me. Um, so I just ended up being like, you know, like your friendly neighbourhood drug dealer for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if this is on record. You know, Mix Mag interviewed me about, it and I mentioned it. I'm not ashamed of my where I come from. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. So in regards to being out on the scene, if you like, um, obviously people, my name came from a joke. It really did come from a joke. We were at a party, a chill, you know, I mean, I'm sure you kids still call it chills, you know what I mean? When you go after the club and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. The after party. Yeah, the after party. And then, and then some smart ass was in the after party and he's like, oh, so what's your name then? What's your name then? relentlessly like and it was just like and i said i was mickey like oh, i know mickey like, oh, i know mickey like and my friend who was absolutely like on a different planet <laughs> just ra- randomly said listen you don't know him 
he's Mickey Slim. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, it was funny because at the time, obviously I was very, I was very scared, you know, like, you know, growing up, I had, um, I've got, uh, I don't know if me, we, we've had this discussion before, I think, where like, you know, I've got an eating disorder, which isn't anorexia or nothing like that. Uh, it's actually listed as selective eating disorder. So I only eat specific things due to like my brain not being uh, able to like, just, you know, it's just, it's weird. It's, I yeah, don't nothing even... really seems appealing, you know, other yeah, than well, certain things. Thing it's more textures than anything else. But like I've been, you know, recently I've been seeing a, a psychiatrist to um, help me with that, but that's a totally different thing. But so obviously at the time growing up, I was very like, I was a slim dude, you know what I mean? And, and so it kind of, so the name made sense. And it was also funny, and then obviously because we're doing something illegal, I thought, well, hold on a minute, like, I don't want people to know my my real name. So I was slim. To... So you were like the Heisenberg of them days. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you Breaking Bad, you Breaking Bad fan. <laughs> yeah, I love Breaking Bad. <laughs> so then, were you? Yeah. I, I, I hope he's not dead. I, I really want him to like dust that off in a couple of years and bring well, him do, back. Do you know what? They're at? apparently they're filming another se- season. A- a- is it AMC? AMC of that'd uh, be amazing. Put him in a jail. Like like prison break, you know what I mean? And the man will get out because he's an absolute G. Fuck yeah, it, just put him in prison break. Then we make him prison break <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, combine the two. Randomly, he's actually locked up with them. Like, be brilliant. <laughs> just uh, imagine. <laughs> but, but yeah, so so like, I just thought it was um, it just made more sense. And then like, obviously, a few years after that, I ended up getting caught and, and sent to jail for a couple of years, which uh, was um, yeah, an eye opener. Do you know what I mean? And then when I came out, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I was an angel then. I was probably worse than when I went in. But I remember the one trip to, to Ibiza with a friend of mine, Dave Aldershaw. Like, got a shout out, Dave. Because, you know, when everyone says that certain people, you know, it's almost like it, you have to really try and be cool and say, oh, you know, Carl Cox was what got me into DJing. And it just wasn't that for me. There was a guy, a, lo- a local Birmingham guy called Dave Aldershaw, who's a fucking amazing DJ. Um proper bad man selector and we used to follow him everywhere just you know we were his groupies if you liked and i just i learned so much from that dude what kind of, uh, what kind of music was he playing house man always it's always been house you know i mean like i said earlier in the thing I, I, my roots come from re- reggae music if you like but it wasn't just that i've always been a mixed bag you know Our first uh, jungle record i heard was in a blues like way before jungle was a thing do you know what i mean it was so like i like all different music but when we were out clubbing it was predominantly house music garage yeah you know we it was just a bit too dark the garage scene do you know what i mean i i, I just didn't really i don't like going out and treading on someone's foot and having to fucking get in a brawl about it do you know what i mean treading on big man's foot in a house rave and the geezer giving you a cuddle do you know what i mean yeah, Never... i think unfortunately that's what the garage scene did become especially as i grew older as well at that time i think this new rejuvenation of the the scene is nowhere near as uh as dark as that was they were different times you know cctv weren't a thing people were i i I was locked up you know like i just said about going to jail i was locked up with some guys who are part of a big gang in birmingham i'm not going to name names and nothing like that but like they used to just go and rob. So basically, they'd go 20, 30 strong, rush a rave, rob the till, rob some people, bash some people up, you know, let off a couple of shots and dip. And that was their Saturday night. And I'd be like, you know, I'm trying to talk to this guy on a level and say, what the f- you know, what the fuck is that about? 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Is that your idea mm-hmm. of a good night? Because it ain't my idea. Of I a remember. Good night. Um, I remember when I was, I think it was eighteen, and I was caught up in one of those in one of those raves, and it was quite a as a punter and as a young punter who wasn't really, you know, I'm not, I wasn't very really streetwise back then. I, st- I don't think I still am, to be fair. But <laughs> like, do you know, like when when all that shit happens, and I remember CS gas was let off, and a gunshot was heard in the back of the club. And you just think, what the fuck, man? I mean, this, this, I think this was a sidewinder rave or something. And you just yeah, think, what the fuck's going right. on? And I think it's really sad that that, that actually became. Sad. I'm not dissing your rave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that I think that it's really sad that that, that actually became such a great music that really captured uh, encapsulates so many people. But um, you know, there is a, a resurgence, and it's you know, it's all it's all positive positivity it's now. Fair. I think compared. It's no, yeah, definitely. You can you can go out and rave safe nowadays. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think it's anywhere near. Other than obviously dodgy drugs or whatever, I don't think it's anywhere near like the scene was. But yeah, I guess back to back to what you know, sort of what got me into the the house music thing was like me and Dave. Once I got out of jail and I was off my license, I went to went to Ibiza with him. At that time, I was still probably doing some dodgy shit and earning fucking stupid money for it. And I just remember meeting uh, Dave, Dave, the DJ Dave. Um, we've all got a mate DJ called Dave. Dave. We all, we all have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, he was like, he's like, oh, I just want to go and meet this dude um, that I DJed with a couple of weeks back. Uh, He's like the new up and coming guy. He's a really good guy. He's from down south. He's from Maidstone. He's going to be massive. And I'm like. I don't really give a shit that, you know what I mean? I was just like, it was mid August, baking hot. I couldn't think of anything worse than going and talking shit with a bunch of music heads. Do you know what I mean? I just wasn't the vibe that I was on. But anyway, we went to this breakfast, dinner thing, like, you know, lunch, whatever. And uh, the geezer that we met was Nick Fanchuli. And like, you're talking okay. like, you're talking like 2003, maybe 2002, 2003. Um, and like, yeah, just ended up like just really hitting it off with him. He he was uh, over there to do an MTV uh, thing at the zoo. Funnily enough, I, the irony. <laughs> I know, yeah. What's the chances? But yeah, it was like an aqua pie or some shit. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. But Charlie Chester of all people love Charlie. Big up Charlie every time. Midlands guy as well. But they'd fucked up his hotel or something, and we had an extra bed in ours, so long story short, we said, yo, come crash with us, he spent a few days with us, and then for the next two or three years, me and Nick were like, inseparable, do you know what I mean, he was, he was the guy that got me realising that, um, I could actually earn a living from what I was doing, you know, like, because I was DJing, you know, don't get me wrong, I've been DJing from getting the decks at 17, do you know what I mean, but never, don't even think it was about money, it was just about, I loved collecting music, and I loved, Obviously, minus my my jail stint. Even when I was in jail, you know, just before I went to jail, I had a record shop. So when I was in jail, I still used to get the the mail outs from all the big distribution companies. And I used to pick what records. I had someone running my shop while I was gone. I managed to get like a fucking Prince's Trust loan for five grand. But I never ended up doing that because, anyway, that's another story. But yeah, so like, yeah, me, me and Fanchuli were just, yeah, I traveled the world with him, man. Do you know what I mean? And learned a lot about how to build a set, how to control a crowd and just, yeah, just it really, them few years really elevated me in regards to going, actually, do you know what? Maybe this is something I could actually do. Do you know what I mean? But the funny thing is, and we're still real good friends now, but Nick said to me at the time, he goes, are you sure you want to call yourself Mickey Slim? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
motherfucker, you've known me for years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not... But out here trying to pick a cool name, it's like that's my, f- you know, it's not my name. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's what I've been known for. It's for your adopted the- name. It's, it's what. You know. it's, it's what I've been known for the majority of my adult life. Do you know what I mean? So I own it. And do you know the random thing as well, yeah? Because it was never like I explained. It was never about Fat Boy Slim. And in two thousand eight, I done a. You know, after things obviously blew up, I actually done a festival tour in Australia called Good Vibrations. Best best thing I've ever been involved with is like five cities. So like we've done Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne, Gold Coast. Anyway, five, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like he was the headliner and I actually got to meet him. And I, and I said, and the thing was at the time, as, as you know, maybe the listeners might not know, the biggest thing that catapulted me to be able to be a worldwide DJ was uh, a bootleg I did of uh, the House of Pain, Jump Around. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, because I, I want, what, when you said like after things blew up, how did they blow up? Um, in what oh, way? Well, what happened? Do you know what? It was a long road, man. Like, like I say, hanging out with Fanchuli definitely helped because that introduced me to a lot of industry people. And, and you know, like Radio One heads, his management, people like that. So long story, like to, to give you like in a nutshell, I, I started, I stopped doing criminal things. And I started working for who was at the time Nick's label and remix management company, which was called 24 Management, which was Dean Wilson and Andy Rutherford. And now Dean Wilson now, for anybody who knows their shit, is one half of 360 Group. He's Dead Mouse's manager now. Yeah, okay. yeah I think people can. I think most people will know that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I worked for Dean. Dean was the one that gave me the opportunity to get out. Randomly, he was on his honeymoon. In we we knew each other through Nick for a good couple of years, and uh, and then he's on his honeymoon, and I was just like, I was, uh, you know, I was at a funny place in life, and he just said to me, "Listen, if you want to come and work for me, you got to knock all that shit on the head, but you can come and work for me, and I, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll help you any way we can." So, like, long story short, I spent about a year or two doing that, about a year maybe, and. Um, developed a real good friendship with chris lake who is like probably my best um very very best, talented individual best friend in the industry still to this day we you know we, i got a call with him after after you actually but um but yeah so basically chris i was chris's if you, if you wanted a chris lake remix you come through me you know you'd email mickey at 24 and uh, and so we worked a, a lot together and in between that i started like getting my head into studio studio wasn't an option for me growing up do you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. uh you know it just wasn't a thing you're able to what didn't didn't exist you know it's very difficult to make music so luckily again dave respect to dave put me in touch with funk agenda adam adam wilder who's uh an amazing producer and i used to take my ideas in and adam used to engineer you know so adam was the the, the real secret behind jump around you know like so many people nowadays want to hide behind this whole go- you know this ghost producer shit it's not about ghost producer at that time when when um when we were doing stuff it was about djs with djs and and producers people- were producers yeah and some yeah. people done both but very few did you know what i mean like it was it was it was you know there was a lot of money to be made being an engineer or being just a producer but on that having- on that note mick um in today's era you've i mean now you have to kind of be both but do you think i'll tell you i'll tell you why i'm asking what i'm about to ask i, I personally believe as a performer I have certain qualities that make me not so much of a good producer. Do you know what I mean? Because okay. you can't have, I don't believe that you can technically have both. And the biggest, 
thing that I would put down to I it. As, I don't know about that. I don't as know about a, that. As a, as a performer, you have no patience because you're, you know, you're, you're that kind of person. <laughs> you know? this, obviously, this is just my opinion. And as yeah, a producer, yeah. you need amples of patience. And one thing that I've had to teach myself producing recently in the last couple of years, and I've struggled, I'm not going to lie, I've really, really struggled, is with patience. Patience yeah. to sit and work on a kick drum. Patience to sit on it. But I mean, like, do you think it can go hand in hand, or do you think? I mean, I like, think I tell you what it is. I think I think the the way that things are right now, um, you have to be a producer. Like you know, and the thing is, you know, I spent the last ten years learning Minecraft, and I'm still nowhere near there. But anything that you hear now. Any new Mickey Slim productions are purely done by me. And do you know what? It doesn't even fucking matter. I have somebody that masters my stuff, Barry from Safe and Sound, who's a fucking G. But, like, you know what it is? So much emphasis is now put on, like, oh, I do it all myself. Whoopee fucking do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it really doesn't matter. Do you know what matters is the idea. Without the idea, anyone, anyone can look back at my stuff and go, oh, yeah, but he worked with him on that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, if you listen to Funk Agenda's music, he made nothing like what I got out of him. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I, I think even in today's age. Adam's degree, if you spoke to Adam, he'd agree. Like, I had a situation literally the other day. Someone tagged, uh, someone's put a disc, you know, I, I hate the internet. If you notice, I don't really do much social media. That's probably why I'm a, I don't do as much as I used to do because... I come from an era where it was about how how good you were as a selector, your skills and all that kind of stuff, yeah? Now it's just about, do you look right? Is your social media right? P people, I'm, and I'm not, you know, this is, again, this is my opinion. I'm entitled to it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Might see it differently, but I just think it's a popularity contest and it never used to be, do you know what I mean? No, it was and you're like right, mate. And, and this is really interesting because the conversations that I've been having with a couple of other DJs that I've interviewed, I've always brought up social media because it's such a big part to play now and it's almost taken away that... That, that that special thing that a DJ had, you don't yeah. have to be a decent DJ anymore. If you've got no. good social media skills, you can elevate yourself to celebrity status. You can you can buy your way to the top now, like, way easier. I'm not saying you couldn't do that before because you probably could, and I just weren't aware of it. Do you know what I mean? But now, it, that is what it is. And 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 the thing is, like I say, I'm not. Yeah. So what I was going to say to you was, somebody posted up a video of a track that I'd done with Dead Mouse. Yeah. So basically, I'm on tour. I think it's 2007. Might have even been before that, but 2007 sounds about right in Canada. At the time, I'm still working with uh, 24 Management. Chris Lake was the one that found Dead Mouse on MySpace. That's a fact. You can anyone in the world can ask Joel that. Do you know what I mean? Me and Joel are cool. Yeah, we're good friends. He was on the 2008 tour of Australia as well. Me and him played the same arena, so me and him are very, very good friends. Yeah. yeah. But when when in 2007 I was playing in Toronto, and Chris Lake had already met Joel at the time, and he said, "Oh, you should go check him out. You know, he's a good guy. Might not, you know, you might butt heads a little bit because he's a certain type of way, but I filled him in on what you're like." So so long story short, I went and seen him and, and Joel, if anyone's ever seen his live streams or anything like that, he's an awkward kind of dude. You know what I mean? He's like, he's very introvert, but he's a fucking real cool cat, man. Do you know what I mean? So we, we hung out. I was meant to go to um, Niagara Falls, right? And randomly, Joel was actually born in Niagara Falls. Yeah. So it's fucking random as fuck. And he said, <laughs> yeah. don't bother going there. Come to my studio. We'll, we'll get on some music. Like, and I thought, all right, cool. Do you know what I mean? So I went and checked him. Uh, he called up someone for me so I could get a nice little bit of bud to chill and smoke or whatnot, you know. And uh, we went to a strip club, had a couple of beers, ended up back at his uh, his thing, and we started working on a track. He worked in Ableton at the time. The only software I was familiar with at the time was Logic. So the um, the track that we made, I didn't really have very much input at all other than the main lead sound. I was messing with the filter cutoffs and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So 
I'll be honest with you. Truth is, when I left uh, Canada, at the time, Joel, I, I was earning more money for a remix and, and more money for shows than Joel. Little did I know what the future held for him. I knew he was a great producer, do you know what I mean? But didn't know that he was going to be one of the biggest in the world. Stratospheric, is that the yeah, word? Yeah, you know, so all the way to the top now. In my life, I didn't really need that record, do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, we, and, and so neither did Joel. It was just a bit of fun hanging out, yeah? And um, and so it, it just fell to the wayside. We'd never done anything. And then we went on this tour in 2008 and he played after me. And when he came on with the mouse head on, the whole fucking, you're talking like five, 6,000 people in this arena, just went ballistic. And I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? Do you know what I mean? Cause I, <laughs> you know what I mean? In a good way, though. I'm happy. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, in a good way. Like, flash forward a few years. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Because, mate, how sick it uh, When we did the project, he just called the project Dead Mickey, yeah, just because there's two of us, yeah. But then further down the line, I said, nah, you know what would be sick? It would be Mickey Mouse. Do you know what I mean? That would be like a. You know, but spelt like with the five, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway, a few years down the line, I finished the record and I'd done another record because, like I say, Joel done the majority of this record. We called it one-sided because I didn't really do fuck all, do you know what I mean? And I am self-admit that. So anyway, flash forward to this, uh, like, t a week ago at the most, this guy inboxes me on my Facebook and says, oh, have you got the WAV to this? And it's a YouTube link. I follow the link and it says, Dead Mouse, one-sided, ghost produced for Mickey Slim. And it's just like, where the fuck do these people get their information? Do you know what I mean? He's just look. All it was, he's looked on a, a live stream of Dead Mouse, and Joel's opened up an old uh, folder from like you know years and years ago, and it says Dead Mickey one sided. So this guy's jumped to the conclusion that this is ghost produced for me. Yeah, which at the end of the day, I wouldn't have an issue if it fucking was, but yeah. there ain't no ghost. I was sat there fucking with him. Do you know what I mean? And Joel will back that story up, and it's just like that's what I hate about the internet. People can then post something about me that would be deemed to be negative, but here's the thing i fucking own that shit because at the end of the day i come from an era like i explained before where you were a dj and 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 i gradually became into the production side of things now i produce way more than i dj i much prefer it i much i enjoy it do you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. i just hate the fact that that's what i hate about the internet it's so faceless yeah but it gives the internet gives people the opportunity to do that. Say, oh, that was ghost produced for you. Even if you gave me, you know what? I actually replied to the post on YouTube, and then I deleted my comment about the next day, like six hours later. I deleted. I thought, why am I even engaging these people? Yeah, I've got no. I don't need to explain myself to. I'm explaining myself to you because we're having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. It just really fucks me off because if you look at any sort of music that you're into, yeah, be it you know whatever the fuck it is there's always more than one especially like modern music yeah disclosure don't don't think for a second them boys haven't got mad skills but then they, they don't do from the start to the finish and there's no shame in that it's like this yeah if i could build a house right but i ain't that good but i'll still do it i might as well bring a, a brickie in to lay the foundations and a chippy to do the wood you get me it's like yeah, you yeah. Want it's what any you industry and it, and it makes sense of course it makes sense it just, it, it really grates on me that that is now, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Hit, you can leave school now with a music diploma and, and hit the ground running. And more power to the kids that are doing it. But here's the problem is they're not out there earn, learning their trade. You get me? Like I, I was DJing from 17. I didn't really start doing well till about 23, 24. You're talking four or five years of solid grafting to perfect like to get my craft bang on yeah we're talking vinyl is it and you know i'm not even into that oh i i play vinyl kind of shit because listen again reverting to dead mouse he had the perfect analogy for that situation he goes if i got a washing machine at home 
Why am I going to walk down to the river and wash my clothes and bang them out on a rock? <laughs> that's, that's a very good way of <laughs> putting it. <laughs> Embrace the technology that you have, yeah? If you can do it all in one certain way, great. But that doesn't make you... Here's the problem, right? Social media for me... Einstein quote, yeah, he dreaded the day when uh, technology surpasses mankind. Well, we're, here we are, 2017, it's past us, yeah. Technology is, is way surpassed mankind. And he goes, the reason why he was scared of that is because we've become a world of idiots. And pff, fucking hell, mate, he weren't far wrong. He Do you know what I mean? No, I wouldn't uh, argue with that at all, mate. I feel that, I feel that social media has um, it's just ruined. So, you know, it's meant to be like making things better in society, but it just makes it, it, I hate it. Given an option and bear in mind that uh, I'm in an industry where getting your music across the world is the D thing. Yeah. If I had a fucking vote, there would be no internet. I would go back to them days. I miss those days. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just such faceless things like, all right, let's flick to someone else. Tom Zanetti. He's a good mate of mine. Yeah. And I see the amount of abuse that this guy gets online, yeah, from people that don't fucking know him. I see when they, all right, he flipped the Ferrari. So what? The geezer's paid to fucking rent a Ferrari. Accidents happen. As long as he's safe, surely that's what matters, yeah? You would have um, thought that the people's response would be that, is his welfare okay, you know? And here's the thing. And you know what? Fair play to Tom. He addresses it. If he sees some shit like that on his timeline, he will address it head on. I don't particularly think he should engage these people because they're like fires. Yeah. Give them oxygen. They continue to burn regardless of whether you've got the right information. They don't care. They just want, they just want that reaction. So the best way to do is put a cup over them and let them fizzle out. Do you know what I mean? But Tom will always address it and say, listen, you know, you, you, you're faceless. You would never walk up to me in the street and say that. Do you know what I mean? And it's the truth. You know, I've always thought, how sick would this be as a fucking TV show, yeah? Troll Hunters, yeah? <laughs> you know, like Catfish, yeah? Yeah, Troll Hunters. Troll like Hunters, turn up, turn up with the dude, yeah? <laughs> so turn up with his five worst trolls, yeah? And say, yo, here he is. Here's some gloves, yeah? If you want to say what you got to say, you got to get in a ring and do, you know, three minutes with him, yeah? I tell you now, not one of them five would fucking do it because it, it's a faceless cowardly fucking space the internet is and and also i think it's it's made people sort of detract from all right for instance especially with the dj thing you you, you live a great life these shows you do 20 30 000 people yeah it's amazing yeah yeah but the problem i have with uh, why i don't share all of the great things that happen with me is because i almost feel like it's I find it cringy, bo boastful, but it's what we need to do. So I understand it, but I just struggle with it because you've got people that it, it definitely has raised depression levels like tenfold. Oh, without a doubt, mate. Without because people a doubt. are looking at, and, and that's not even about music. It's all different things. In general, people, in general. Yeah, because we, life. Post, we post an imperfect life. We don't fucking live the exact way that we show you. you and we depend on likes. People depend on likes to make them feel better. <laughs> What kind, you know? So there you go. In instantly, you've got a, a, a mental health issue because you're dependent on why don't people like my picture? Do you know what the fuck is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, to the kind of people that I think. You know what's deemed cool? You look at these cats. Like, I'm not going to name names because I sound like a cunt then. But you know, like these hipster <laughs> dudes, or all, all, all black everything. Or oh, check me out. I only eat fucking raw fucking vegetables or whatever bullshit do you know i'm just being generic here do you know what i mean i'm not yeah. i'm not dissing vegans because i think it's a great thing do you know i'm just saying that like what people think are cool they're not cool yeah cool are the new romantics or the punks or people like that that didn't give a fuck what anyone thought they just lived do you know what i mean they were creative 
you know what I mean? Then people are stifled now because if you're different, if you don't fit into a certain box, nah, no time for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, the era of non-conformity is gone because of because of social media. What I want to do, man, I want to move. Um, I want I want to move di- digress slightly okay. Uh, okay. to when I, I've always wanted to ask you this question in person, but for whatever reason, I never have. The first time I heard of Mickey Slim was on uh, an example single. Um, you did a remix of an example track. I don't know if you did many, but I know. Stay awake. No, it was just the one. Yeah. Stay awake. It was how did one. how did that come about? Ah, uh, do you know what? Uh, I gave Elliot his first uh, show in the Balearics. He come and played. I, I, I had an eight year residency with Judge Jules at uh, Judgment um, in Eden, and uh, and a couple of years, maybe three years into it, they gave me the opportunity of kind of being the curator for the back room where, cause I didn't do the main room. That was all trance. It was all the back room. So, you know, like uh, crafty cut stand and warriors, that kind of stuff. And, um, and so like I had, at the time I had a record label called bomb squad, very similar to what me and Maggie doing with random man then, but just, you know, seven years before, do you know what I mean? And, and a bit different Sonic. So, um, randomly my press girl at the time, the girl that used to do all my press was called Miranda cook. She worked for Mixmag freelance and she'd interviewed example. Um, and I read the interview and I was like, yo, this guy sounds cool. And, and so long story short, I gave him three shows that summer and it was just as he'd signed his deal with ministry. And they, on the first gig, they shot, his video for watch the sun come up or whatever the fuck it was called. Like, um, and we remained friends since he took me on tour with him. Probably one of, in fact, the best UK tour I've ever done in my life. He had me playing. Like I, I, I've relocated now. I live just outside Sheffield, but Sheffield's always been my second city. And I, I played at the arena to like 13, 14,000 people and played Arctic monkeys, scummy man. Do you know what I mean? And it went <laughs> crazy. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful to example. He's a, he's a man of his word. We've got to big him up. Cause he's a genuine, genuine dude. Gee, man, do you know what I mean? And he's a very talented dude and he's a very, you know, people, again, you know, someone who probably cops a lot of abuse online, do you know, because people don't really know who he is as a human being, do you know what I mean? But he is one of the best dudes I've ever come across. We're still solid friends now. And yeah, he got me to do a remix of Stay Awake, which I have a beautiful uh, plaque at home. Uh, yeah, to yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, again, like I say, I'm blessed, man. I'm I'm very lucky that I've had this journey in in in, in this thing, and I'm still here, bro. I'm still here. You and know you what know mean? what? You're you're bigger than you you have been in a long time. You're doing yeah. phenomenal. And I'm gonna get to random mandem uh, very uh, very soon. But what I want to do, I want to touch up on BCM. And before I do, yeah. I've got to say something now. A couple of a couple about a week ago, I got an inbox of management saying the BCM uh, residency in 2017 has been confirmed. And the first thing I wanted to do was pick up the phone to you, but uh-huh. I knew I'm going to get you on this show. And I thought, well, what, fuck it, I'm going to do it on the uh-huh. show. And yeah. do you know what, Mickey? I've got BCM written 12 times, I think, in my calendar yeah. now this year. And I'm looking at that, and it and it's it's made me so fucking honored and happy to have that. And I owe that a lot. I owe that majority to you, mate. I owe that thanks to you because you're the you guy that's instigated that. You got good management as well, but now nah, you're right. I mean, the thing you're not right that you owe it to me. You're right. Like it's, it's but a I do, you know, and I will, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, like the thing is that club, uh, again, holds special place in my heart. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, tell me how you got involved. Uh, well, again, it, it, it goes back to the uh, the judgment situation. There was a guy that basically run judgment for Jules. His name was Nick Turner. Rest in peace. He's my fucking Balearic dad, and he passed away two years ago. 
and he was my business partner in, in things. But initially, Nick took me out there as a guest. It was, you know, I used to DJ back to back with Jules for a few years. Do you know what I mean? I've been working with BTM about eight years now. Um, and it wouldn't have ever happened if it hadn't been for Nick. Nick was a massive factor in that. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, BCM's top 10 club for the last fuck knows how long. I mean, I'm not into charts and stuff like that, but it is one of the best clubs in the world. Do you know what I mean? Performer, it's, I've never had a better feeling. Do you know what I mean? In a club, it just gives it, It's you... an indoor festival, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and you know you do enough festivals. Do you know what I mean? It's an indoor festival. It's an amazing club. with, And again, you know, the, 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 the characters, like Gordon is an amazing guy. And again, stories to the cows come home. It's... it's, it's it's one of those things, that, again, you know what, this is a, I don't know about you, but for me, it was a hobby, it still is a hobby, yep. and we get to travel the world and share our skills with people who, who, who are there to have a good time, do you know what I mean? That's so, exactly what it is. And one thing about BCM that I want to mention as well is that from the get-go, it felt like there was a family looking after you. Do you know what I mean? Like, in yeah, terms of, you know, you go up to Gordon's office, he's so welcoming, then there's you guys, and there was Madge. It felt like there was a family there. So when I sat down, whether it be in the office or outside the office, I felt comfortable. I felt at ease. I didn't feel like I needed to put a persona on. I was just, I was just me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. It's a blessing, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, and that's why I think with this, with this summer, I just thought, you know, having done last summer and it was great, I just know that, that you guys are perfect for that market and and also for because uh, you know I, I mean I don't know every week I don't know when this uh, interview is going out but the basic thing is that you guys are, are the official after party for stage uh, which is BCM well the BCM company which is a massive massive company Krushak uh, owns so many different businesses on the island he's he's uh, an absolute mogul uh, he now has the BH Hotel and the BCM Hotel but the BH Hotel has a place called Stage which literally is a festival main stage it, I mean for the people that don't know and people that have never been how would you describe Stage? Well, exactly that, you know, any, any like main festival. So I can't think, you know, there's so many in the UK now, but like, you know, at 7,000 capacity, you know, just, just every, every kind of trick that you think lighting, uh, smoke, CO2 canisters, you know, everything that you see as an amazing show is within the actual hotel that you're staying at. And which also has a water park and a pool, park, you know, a, a, great water park, mate. Great water park. Great water park. <laughs> and, and so, you know, if you, it makes you kind of wish, it doesn't make me wish I was 18 because like I said, I, I value the era that I grew up in. I really am very, very lucky that, I think, you know, there's so much that these kids miss out on, but at the same time, there's so many good things that they get as well. So this this complex, if you like, is it's all in one place. So if you're 18, you got the the festival main stage, the pool parties and the swimming pool, and obviously you get into BCM as well. So you guys, you know, the, the lineups, I, I think I'm, I'm all right to mention a couple of names. You know, you got people like Aoki's doing the opening. I know you're, you guys are doing that as well. Um, you know, you got Diplo, you got Garrett's, you got uh, Axel and Gross. So, you know, the list... You know, you're talking the who's who of of, uh, of the dance scene. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you guys are the official after party for that. And I couldn't think of anyone better that could uh, encapsulate that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, MTV, Club MTV is a solid brand. You guys, you know, you tear, tear down the show, man. So, you know, it, it made sense. Are you there, bruv? I am, mate. Sorry. I had, your, I had myself on mute. Do you know what? I had to cough. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on to uh, the random mandem level because it moves in nicely with this because last year was uh, was uh, my first experience of working with the random mandem level. Tell us what the random 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 mandem random mandem label is. Who who's involved? <laughs> and Do you know what it is? I'll give you the ethos of what it is. Yeah, 
Like, it's not even, like, hey, it's a cool fucking name for sure, yeah? But that wasn't what it's about, yeah? To me, and I know to Madge as well, it's it's how we live our life, yeah? And, and you know, if you've got the right head on your shoulders, you can be man then, do you know what I mean? It's like, and that is that goes to absolutely anyone. So that was the, the ethos and the, and, the, and the thing behind the movement, do you know what I mean? And then, obviously, we've done the label because we're both, like, you know what, I've got to shout out Madge, yeah, because... I met Majestic 2000, fucking hell, maybe 2009, something like that. And um, he emceed on my set in Kavos, and we we stayed friends since, and we've done some amazing things, things that I'm over the moon with, like, Let's Go Back is a track of ours that should have been a top 10 hit, you know what I mean? Like, it's had all the support, it's got all the numbers. Uh, and a great music video, great music It's a video. great, yeah, the who's who of that garage scene back in the day you know it's like it's amazing but like we know man just because you don't get a top 10 doesn't mean it's, it's a cult classic yeah it will always be that i'm so proud of that i mean ez still plays every set and he's the don dada of DJ. i hear that in pretty much every most ez sets i hear from now and yeah it's so it's always. like you know that's that's a moment in time meaning we've got quite a few records that we've done we've done i done one that was out on layback luke's label called uh, i'm a freak that Madge spat on you know so there's like so we've been friends we've we've helped each other's careers at my time when i had my thing I, I tried to shine a light on Madge because I believe I mean you you know the levels Madge is an amazing DJ he's an amazing producer he's an amazing musician full stop yeah yep. and he's a fucking great human being as well and it's like so when I had my time I tried Jang Fu we've done Global Gathering main stage we've done so much stuff together and then I really really lost the uh, just the drive for it man do you know what I mean I had to take to, uh, you know, I took a couple of years out just because I still, I still done BCM and I still done things that I wanted to be involved with, but I really put the brakes on on the career. And it was only Madge that was like, look, I used to play him stuff that that I'd been doing, and because like I worked with proper top boy engineers, I just wasn't happy with the sound I was getting. And he's like, you're fucking mad. This sounds great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I remember you and, telling me this as well. Yeah, he's the one that's driven me to to get back into it, and and you know the label is just an outlet for us to not have to fuck around with, you know, dickhead labels that just fuck you about. Do you know what I mean? And can't see the vision of what it is you're trying to achieve. So we thought, you know what, we'll just do our own thing, and 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 things are just going. You know, I can't, I couldn't be happier. Like I said, we could have, we could have still done what we done last year. We could have said it's Club MTV and Random Man. Then, but I just thought, for for what it is, for the after party thing, it just works better. You guys, you know what I mean? And that's mm. just because I think that what we're trying to do is we're trying to go in the opposite. Like you know, BCM is massive, stage is massive, yeah. If anything, I want to go backwards and I want to do like, you know, low ceiling, dark, fucking sweaty clubs. I'll be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? That's where I see us building where we're at in regards to the, the you know, I still love doing big events with it. And so like we've done V Festival with the Mandem and it was fucking ridiculous. So we'll still do stuff like that. But we're just really focused on just building it from the ground up. I think we ran a little bit before we, we you know, we, we were right to, I think, you know, we've done some wicked parties and I'm, I'm ever so proud of them. But I just think that right now we're focused on getting the music right. You know, we're managing, we've got some fucking amazing artists. Like I said, we've got Mark Spence, Dan Hills, Control S, the garage guys are fucking G's as well. So, you know, we've got a great little team around us and we're looking to, to build. And what we do isn't the norm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Madge, he's he's like a chameleon, man. He's got a rock record. He's got a grime record. He's got a garage record. He's got house records. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's the whole point. Random. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. we don't we don't just fit into that 
that little niche. But I think like. what all this, for the for the people that are listening, uh, the young people that are listening that are looking to get involved in the industry, I think the random mandem example is a perfect example of how to do things your own way. And you know, we I've spoken to so many people that have gone onto labels and done this. Random mandel, uh, random mandem is a, is a perfect example of like minded people getting together and creating a movement and pushing it yourself and doing things your way and i think it is i think it's a great example in today's music industry of how how it's done you know in 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 that sort of way yeah i mean the thing is you know what it is because it's almost music by numbers nowadays very few people really stand out as in having your own sound you know what i mean and and i think that no we we definitely uh, you know i'm not saying we're some pioneers out here but we don't conform to the norm do you know what i mean we we literally you know we just do what what we feel like that day do you know what i mean and it's uh it's refreshing and we we just yeah i just guess we're like you know we, this is the birth of it you know we're only like a couple of years old and like i say we've already done some massive massive things but i think we're you know what we have in place and in plans ready to go it's you know we've got a record signed to sony that should be coming out in the summer which is fingers crossed you know should do really oh, mate, well congratulations congratulations yeah, again, again just um you know just pushing the boundary and just trying to just trying to you know just trying to enjoy it do you know that's the one thing that i lost was the enjoyment of it and i still i still battle with it now because i know that i could be doing a hell of a lot more if i was to succumb and and give my private time give a lot more of myself to the internet, if you know what I mean. If I was like, oh, this is what I have for dinner and check this fucking drum loop. <laughs> Look at my spinach. Look at yeah. my spinach. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that, um, that that's something I can be. When I was, do you know what? I can't knock it though because it was no different to what I was doing on MySpace when I had my time, yeah? But it's it was so less intrusive because MySpace was genuinely about music. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Facebook's just bullshit. Twitter's just bullshit. Um, SoundCloud is full of shit, but at least you get people to listen to your music. It's just That's weird. If SoundCloud man. allow you to put your own music on. I'm, no, I had my track questions taken down. It's a joke, bro. It's a joke. <laughs> you know, you, you list it as it's listed. It's you, and I go, yeah, you, you don't own this. Do you know? What I'm mean? pretty so, sure uh, Madge was telling me about the same story as well. He had shitloads of his tracks taken off. It's ridiculous. You know what happens is if you so, for instance, Madge done the. Pu- house and garage uh, cd yeah? yeah um so any of his own music or our music off the label or anything like that um got taken down this is just one instance of, of this happening um gets taken down because they've licensed it from us to put out and so they kind of you know like they don't do cease and desist but like soundcloud go, oh well it's it's on their compilation so let's take that down because they they mustn't own the rights to it not realizing not even just looking at the title and realizing these are the artists that fucking made it do you know what i mean it's like it's ridiculous but you know piracy is a problem so it's, yeah, yeah exactly so I mean? but, we're approaching the 45 or 46 oh, yeah, you know I, and i could sit here and talk to you all day about this and what yeah. i would say Mick, i want to get you back on for another show if that's all right uh, wicked man I'm I'd, love, I'd love to get you back on and you know what um i've learned more than i've ever learned uh from chilling with you for this conversation i had the the the, the levels that <laughs> of, of your history and music is phenomenal and i've and I'm, i've just sat here in awe listening to your stories <laughs> uh, and and the journey that you've been on and i want to get you back on 100 percent want to get you back on um but what i want uh for the people that are listening where can they find your well, where, where can they find random random music where can they find yeah, just to our soundcloud just type random mandem you know the, we are we are the only random mandem you know what i mean the only accept no imitations uh 
So, yeah, go there. I mean, like, I've got my Mickey Slim SoundCloud, but again, do you know what? I really don't really post much on it. I, I'm so focused on building a label. That's where to go. Go to Random Random SoundCloud, and that's where all of the fresh music is. And, you know, that's what we're about. That's where, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Do you know what I mean? Well, Mick, I want to thank you once again for getting on. Oh, thanks, man. It's, it's been a talk. pleasure. It's been so much fun. Time has flown. Uh, and once again, thank you for all your help. With myself and, and the pleasure, kind of man. Man. You, you, you're good at what you do, man. You can't, you know, don't ever take nothing away from yourself. You're not here by chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, yeah, really, really appreciate it. But that is all the time we do have. Oh, that's all we have time for now. Um, this yes. is the I Want to Be a D-Day podcast. Today's guest has been Mickey Slim. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are a celebration, an education, and a true account of how we live and where we've come from. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.